Maybe you know one. Maybe you don't. First one was? Hello. The first one. The first one. The first one was Hello by Adele. Second one? Aerosmith, Dream On. Third one? Viva La Vida by Gold Coldplay. And then? The VGs staying alive. And last by Nirvana. And not least, the greatest song of angst, right? Smells Like Team Spirit by Nirvana. All written. All written in what key? Thank you very much. Now, to be sure, not all songs written in a minor key are expressive of dark emotions or times. But if you want to express dark emotions and times, you might want to use a minor key. Which aside, okay, music has this ability to articulate what we're feeling, right? Experiencing the pain that we feel, the hope or hopelessness, which... Especially as I age, I say this to myself and to anyone who's aging with me. As you age, before you judge someone else's music or taste in music, okay, maybe explore what about the music the person finds resonant. It might give you some insight. Or what is the artist describing? You might learn something new about a younger member that exists in your sphere of influence. Lamentations is a book of five poems. The first four are written with the Hebrew alphabet as a guide, 22 lines, 22 consonants. It is a technique that requires intentional art. The last, chapter 5, also has 22 lines, but charts its own course, not held captive to those successive consonants. Tradition puts Jeremiah as the author so it becomes Jerry's Lament, a sort of dark 6th century B.C. Seinfeld run, right? But really, the work is anonymous, but it is dark. And even though it's dark, its theology is consistent with the rest of the books of the Bible. Now, I'm not suggesting all songs written in a minor key are dark, but if you want to express something tension-filled, heavy, you might just look in this direction. We find in Lamentations the activity of God. We find strong behavior and consequences. We find defending God's action. We find pain and we find justice and we find a future and we find resolution. We find pain and we find a lot of suffering. In fact, to this day in some Jewish houses of worship, this entire book is read to coincide with the destruction of the temple that occurred in 587 B.C. in July-August time frame. Lamentations is sort of a, it's finally here. Even though since the book of Deuteronomy, the nation of Israel has been told, hey, follow God and it will go well for you. Don't follow God and it won't go well for you. The shoe here has finally dropped and the math is easy. How did we get here? Jeremiah and Lamentations go together like peas and carrots, but not in a way that tastes good, just in a way that makes sense. Jeremiah was this cat that was emotionally connected to his prophecy. The lament is the outcome of the book which is an outcome of the people of God rejecting God. 
note, not all the people rejected God, but enough of the people, the leaders, the priests, the kings. They all went their own way. Now, we need to be careful, right? There's some who would say, oh, wow, well, I want to draw that present-day parallel into our situation. Careful, 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 careful. There is no replacement, if you will, of any government today for the government that existed at the time of Lamentations. But what can we learn from Lamentations? Oh, I think we can learn a lot. Without having to mention the obvious, walk with God and you might avoid some Lamentations, although not all, right? Because as you look at the story, Jeremiah is walking with God. Jeremiah wasn't walking away from God. And yet he's expressing this powerful lament. How did we get here? We get here in Jeremiah's day and today the exact same way. We live in a world that is deeply messed up. I'm thinking about adding a new book to the Bible. It would be called The Wisdom of John. It would be a very short book. Very, very, very short. Very short book. Not long at all. I know there's some right now that are saying, is he opening the cannon? Crucify him. Burn him at the stake. No, I'm joking. But in chapter 1, verse 1, here's the verse that it would be. The wisdom of John, chapter 1, verse 1. The words of a crazy man belong to the wind. It's grief, folks. It's grief. The entire book is grief and pain. And you kind of get to say anything you want when you're grieving. Well, maybe you don't get to mean to be get to be mean to someone else. I.e., I'm grieving. You're ugly. Okay, too far. But it's grief. It's pain, and it's not going to go away anytime soon. If this takes place in 586, 587 B.C., it's at least 50 years before there's any good news, before the people start to return, and over 100 years. It's this powerful emotional release. Listen, verse 1, chapter 1. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow she has become. She who is great among the nations. She who was a princess among the provinces. Become a slave. Verse 2. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. Among all her lovers she has none to comfort her. Verse 7. Jerusalem remembers... In the days of her affliction and wandering, all the precious things that were hers from days of old, when her people fell into the hand of the foe and there was none to help her, her foes gloated over her. They mocked at her downfall. Jerusalem sinned grievously. Verse 9, her uncleanness was in her skirts. 
Verse 11, all her people groan as they search for bread. Verse 15, the Lord rejected all my mighty men. Verse 16, for these things I weep, my eyes flow with tears, for a comforter is far from me, one to revive my spirit. Verse 17, Zion stretches out her hands, but there is none to comfort her. Verse 18, the Lord is in the right, for I have rebelled against his word. Verse 20, look, O Lord, for I am in distress. My stomach churns, my heart is wrung within me. Verse 22, let all their evil doing come before you and deal with them as you have dealt with me because of my transgressions. There is truth and there is hyperbole and there is metaphor and there's this unspeakable energy and lamentations doesn't solve a problem. There's this ranting heart, this melted voice that will rebound over the next four chapters and the next five weeks. It's poetry and it's pain and it's placing blame anywhere and everywhere. Even if some of the blame is placed on an entity that doesn't deserve it. Check out five. Because the Lord has afflicted her. Wait, wait a second, no. I mean, I agree with the poetry, but, 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 but no. I mean, and, and part of this gets into my view of God, right? Like some people go like, yes, Lord afflicted her. That's what the text says. I'm like, I don't know who afflicted who first. But I'm pretty certain if the people of God don't walk away from God, there's no lamentations. So blaming God for this, even though the poet does, I challenge a little bit, right? Ever been there? Ever been there? Because I think that's the real lesson of Lamentations. It's not commenting on a geopolitical situation. It's not commenting on which of the two governments of the United States of America or the political parties are better than the other one. They're both, ah, don't even get me started. It's poetry and it's pain. And it's the words of a crazy man speaking into the wind. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a situation where, where life seems so dark, so heavy, no easy way out? And like Jeremiah, perhaps you haven't done anything wrong, and yet you're still experiencing adversity. The words give permission for us to write our own laments. When I have done it... <laughs> Well, I can't read what I've written in front of you, although I would love to. Because you'd either want me to get a psychological consult, which maybe I should. In fact, I have. Or maybe you'd be less than impressed with the words of a crazy man because they belong to the wind. If, by chance, you ever get into possession of one of my journals... And the top of the page says, 
attention, angry, don't read, it's on you, not me. There's something powerful about articulating the pain that we are in on a piece of paper. There's something powerful about articulating the pain that we are in verbally with those who know us and love us. And so we want to give you the opportunity to do so. Tuesday, December. (laughs) December. Tuesday, January 24th. We'll start at 6.30. We'll be in the Great Hall. We'll be done by 7.30. And what we're going to do for that hour is that we're going to take the lessons from Lamentations, put them into a format, and write our pain. Write our own laments. And give them, like the book of Lamentations is, as a gift to a holy God. In essence, we will gripe away, but we're going to gripe in the right direction. Remember the movie, uh, Saving Private Ryan? Everyone's with me, right? We get this one, we've seen it a bunch of times. Absolutely just like, okay, so they're, they're past the D-Day invasion, okay? They've been assigned a mission, find Private Ryan, they're walking. Captain Miller, Sergeant Horvath. Jackson, Carpaccio, Upham, Ribon, Mellish, Wade. Ribon says, don't you ever gripe. Captain Miller says, I don't gripe to you, Ribon. I'm a captain. There's a chain of command. Gripes go up, not down. Always up. You gripe to me, I gripe to my superior officer, so on and so on and so on. I don't gripe to you. I don't gripe in front of you. You should know that as a ranger. Private Ribbon, I'm sorry, sir, but let's say you weren't a captain or maybe I was a major. What would you say then? Well, in that case, I'd say this is an excellent mission, sir, with an extremely valuable objective, sir, worthy of my best effort, sir. Moreover, I feel heartfelt sorrow for the mother of Private James Ryan, and I am willing to lay down my life and the lives of my men, especially you, Ribbon, to ease her suffering. Mellish, he's good. Carpaccio, I love him. Griping, right? Gripe away. Gripe away. But gripes go up. And I say this to my own self, right? As I get older, okay, the easier it is to gripe about those that are younger than me. And in my head, I hear myself as an old man, an old grumpy man. The younger generation this, the younger generation that. Stop. Stop. You just sound like an angry old man. Don't. You don't want to sound like that. You don't want to gripe about something. You want to gripe too. The poetry is amazing. It's it's the words of a crazy man in the wind. But the author... Look to whom it is really addressed. Verse 9. O Lord, behold my affliction, for the enemy has triumphed. Verse 11. Look, Lord, and see. Verse 20. Look, O Lord, look at me. 
The book of Lamentations is not griping about, it's griping to. And gripes go up. There's a chain of command. Look to whom it is really addressed. It's for us, but it's to God. And look at the perspective. Look at the ownership. I mean, there's places where the author is saying, yes, you are right in busting my chops. Me and my people have done a stupid thing. But look, Lord, look, pay attention, see us, see where we are at. And like I said, there is no easy solution. This doesn't go away in a few chapters. There's over a hundred years before there's anything close to resolution for the book of Lamentations. It's a book for us, a book that I think is uniquely positioned to help us, especially when we're in the face of an adverse situation. What does it look like to suffer and not lose our faith? What does it look like to be completely and honest completely honest before a holy God and say, I, I, Lamentation shows us what it looks like to suffer and not lose our faith. It's faith, but it's faith in a minor key. F minor. Please pray with me. I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you're in a bad spot. Maybe you're in a bad spot, and if I can speak frankly, maybe you're in a bad spot because you were stupid. There's a mechanism that God provides for us to deal with our stupidity, right? Our sin. We ask for forgiveness. We say, Father, please forgive me for being stupid. And the Father says, I forgive you. And for some of us, the most important message we need to hear today is that the Father is willing to forgive us. But some of us are experiencing adversity so strong we can barely breathe. We can't sleep at night, and when we sleep, we wake up thinking about stuff we can't get out of our head. And it's so overwhelming that the next night you don't even want to go to sleep because you're afraid you're going to wake up thinking about stuff that can't get out of your head. The book of Lamentations is for us. It's a tool that God has left for us.
to affirm our faith even in the midst of suffering. Father, meet us where we're at. Give us all that we need. Allow us to cry out to you even though there are no easy answers, even though there's no easy way out. Hear our hearts, O oh great God. In Jesus' name, amen.